You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back Excellent baby. separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, not Matt Harmon here with you. We've got the great Derek Klassen sitting in for Matt Harmon today. But you are listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, now, uh, if you have been listening to the podcast at any link here, um, I'm sure you know at this point uh, that we are, for the very first time at Reception Perception, going to be adding something beyond wide receivers. Yeah, we're going to be adding quarterbacks, baby. And for that, we brought in the great uh, DK. Uh, not Donkey Kong. We're talking about Derek Lassen here. Uh, Derek, introduce yourself to the folks out there, man. You know, t- tell the folks uh, where you've been and uh, and and basically what you're looking forward to working with us over here at RP. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to be here. So I'll kind of start with like what I used to do with quarterback charting. I, I mostly have done college charting for about five, six years now. And that's kind of been, been my thing that I've done. I've just done it for the, you know, lead up to the draft. That was like the best time to do it the most time. I usually didn't have the time to like chart NFL stuff. Because uh, I previously worked at Football Outsiders and we did the almanac during the offseason. So it was like right. that kind of ate up all my time. Um, but this year I left Football Outsiders and I kind of had some free time. And you guys hit me up and wanted to see if I could bring some of my quarterback chart into the NFL. And I was very excited to do that because, like I said, I've never really done it before. I think I charted like one season of Matt Ryan like five years ago. And that's really all <laughs> I've done in the NFL realm. So it was really cool to have the opportunity to come and like do basically, you know, as, as much of the league as I can get to this summer. Uh, we, we talk about, you know, you doing all this stuff for, for college football and that's what we're going to hit on today. You know, again, we are primarily an NFL house here at reception perception, but, uh, we do like talking about prospects and you, you hit on the, the top four quarterbacks here, uh, in the NFL draft, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis there in Tennessee. And, And I thought it might be a good idea, uh, to kind of talk about, you know, strengths, weaknesses from what you charted and, and what you kind of sort of see, um, foresee for them in this upcoming year with their respective teams. What do you think about that, pal? Let's do that. I'm, I'm in for it. I'm in for it. Let's go. All right. So we're going to start with, of course, the, the one dot one. We're talking about Bryce Young goes to Carolina, uh, is now a Carolina Panther. Look, you know, Obviously, in the pre-draft process, um, Derek, the the size was a big time issue. Five ten. I mean, he weighed in at like two oh four. But come on, let's be real. He's two hundred pounds soaking wet. You know what I mean? He probably had rocks in his shorts when he's weighing <laughs> in here. Uh, but he's five ten and just so 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 slight. As a matter of fact, great little nugget here. There's never been a quarterback drafted in the first round that weighed less than 207 pounds. Uh, and here he is weighing in at 204. And again, I, I would think that he's probably walking around at below 200 right now. Uh, but what were your thoughts there on Bryce Young going ahead 
uh, of somebody like C.J. Stroud. Yeah, so before even getting into some of the charting stuff, Bryce Young, to me, on film, I think I was a little bit lower on him than some people. I, th- I still think he can be a quality prospect um, or is a quality prospect and can be a good NFL quarterback. But yeah. I'm kind of a sizist when it comes to NFL <laughs> quarterbacks. Like, I think, I think we kind of, because of some of the success of Russell Wilson and even to a degree like Kyler Murray... Um, and even for like a hot minute, Baker Mayfield, I think we got to this point where we were like, oh, short quarterbacks are just as good as everyone else. And like, that's not really the case because these guys clearly succeed in spite of their height. And I think it yeah, still brings right. problems, even when they're kind of productive. Um, and I'm just someone who doesn't like the particular problems that they bring. And I think what we see with Bryce Young is sometimes he leaves the pocket early because he doesn't really like hanging in there and he knows he's going to get hit. Um, sometimes he can struggle to see the middle of the field. I do think he's better at it than like a Russell Wilson, but he's still not going to throw the middle of the field the way that Trevor Lawrence or Dak Prescott or Justin Herbert can, just because those guys are bigger and it's easier for them to stand in the middle of the pocket and stuff like that. Um, And then I also did worry a little bit about Bryce Young's longevity, because I think when you play, like you mentioned, there's no way he's playing at more than 195 ever, probably. Um, (laughs) And that's really... He's tiny. And like, that's yeah. just when you're betting on basically the smallest quarterback in the modern era to, to be your first overall pick, that to me was just a little scary. Uh, with all of that said, he still does a lot of things really well, obviously. Like the accuracy yeah. is fantastic. And like, even in my numbers, I think the most encouraging part to me was, in my opinion, the hardest area to throw is 11 to 15 yards. That like intermediate range where you throw an outs, digs, Um, Some of like your medium crosser, stuff like that. That's like the money area for the middle of the field. That was the area that Bryce threw the most. And that was the area he was most accurate in. And he was really good, especially like on the outside and stuff like that. So I think that kind of bodes well for his success if he can continue to do that. Um, So, yeah, like I I like Bryce Young. I don't know if I would have taken him first overall, but uh, (laughs) I think he does some things really well. And I think he's in a really, really good environment to to produce, especially early on. We talk about some of the size stuff, you know, and it's like, think about all the quarterbacks that have succeeded in the NFL. And then you have literally like three guys who have been good at a small size, right? We're talking about the OG, which is like Drew Brees, six mm-hmm. feet, 210 pounds. You've got Russell Wilson, who's 5'11", 205, Kyler Murray, who's 5'10", and like 205-ish as well, right? So, um but those guys, and I think, and, and we're going down, by the way, right? So we're going down from Drew Brees, who's a little bit tall, a little bit heavier, to, to Russell Wilson, who's, okay, five, you know, he's sub six feet, right? And Kyler Murray's getting down there now, right? Now he's 5'10". <laughs> now Bryce Young is also 5'10", but he's so slight. I mean, all of these guys were easily over 205. Bryce Young at 195, and you're saying, well, what does that 10 pounds make? Listen, guys, I, I mean, maybe it doesn't make a difference, but it could. You know what I mean? Like these are bigger, stronger dudes. I mean, Drew Brees is probably a good 15, 20 pounds heavier than Bryce Young, right? So I, I it, again, like the maybe the height to me, you could kind of get around the height. Maybe you can kind of get around someone being, you know, tall and lanky, right? Skinny, right? Below 200 pounds. I, like Lamar Jackson coming out of Louisville was super slight, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't, it's for me, it's really hard now you're saying literally this is the smallest quarterback um, <laughs> that has right. ever been drafted in the in the NFL's first round. Uh, and this is a guy that's supposed to be the one dot one. You didn't take him 15. You didn't take him 17. You took him one. 
to me, I, I just felt like is, is the is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the reward worth the risk? And I'm just not sure. Um, that's what we're getting with Bryce Young. But I want to get back to some of your charting here, uh, Derek. Okay, you talk about him being money in that middle area of the field, the intermediate area of the field, and and I've been saying for a long time that's that is where the NFL operates at a high level, right? Uh, the a lot of guys can make short throws. Uh, you know, you would, the special guys make deep throws, but when we're talking about high quality quarterbacking in the NFL, you got to get it done in their intermediate area of the field. And from what it sounds like from your charting, it sounds like Bryce Young uh, checks those boxes. Yeah. And it's kind of what's kind of makes it complicated in a way is that I do think part of it is spawned by the way Alabama operates their offense. You know, they did less of the RPO stuff than they did with like Mac Jones or Tua, but like that's still kind of part of their offense. And a lot of those targets for their offense went to that middle of the field. So it kind of streamlined it a little bit for him, but he was still generally really accurate to that area, um, both like over the middle and when he was like throwing, you know, outs, uh, uh, you know, maybe like short corner sale routes, all that sort of stuff. He was really, really good on a lot of those. My, what made it interesting to me is that he actually, in terms of throwing into tight windows, which to me, like in the NFL, when you're throwing the intermediate range of the field, it's going to be in a lot more tight windows because the, sure. the coverage is just better. Everybody's a lot better, all that sort of stuff. He was actually one of the worst quarterbacks in my charting in terms of throwing into tight windows um, and not specifically over the middle of the field. I mean, this like over the entire range of the field, but he was one of the worst at it. And he was really good at picking his spots and making sure he wasn't throwing into tight windows. And I do think there's value in that. But when he had to, he was, uh, uh, you know, closer to the bottom end of the class, whereas guys like CJ Stroud and even Will Levis pretty clearly lapped him in, in that regard, which I found pretty interesting. Uh, OK, so let me get back to that a little bit. Um, from what I saw of Bryce Young, um, I think he's great off platform. Uh, and the, the one note that I wrote is he can th- he can throw running left, which, by the way, uh, that's pretty advanced for a young quarterback. It does matter, you know, like most, I would say like 90% of, of young quarterbacks, when they scramble, they're going to scramble to their right uh, for, for, you know, right-handed guys. Um, and that's so that they could stay on platform when they throw. Um, when I saw Bryce running left and actually throwing uh, with decent accuracy and arm strength, I was like, that's pretty advanced for a young quarterback. So I think off platform, this guy is great. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that, but... I did think, though, that in the pocket, he's got a little – his feet are a little happy. We know he's a slight quarterback. I thought he looked a little Derek Carrish uh, in the pocket at times. Um, but when he sets his feet and throws, man, that it's just a beautiful ball. But I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, as far as the in-the-pocket stuff, I think you're you're pretty spot on. He's very – Ben Solak has used the word like toesy. He's very just on his toes all the time, and it's because yep. he's short. Um, and even Ben Solak actually also had another good point where like he drops back like square to the line of scrimmage. You see nowadays, like everybody has their, uh, you know, their, their back shoulder all the way back. And like, it's pointed basically to the back goalpost. Bryce Young will drop like square to the line of scrimmage, which is like some 1970 stuff, which you're not really supposed to do. But the reason he does it is it helps him stay on his toes and it helps him see over the line of scrimmage, which is kind of good in some ways. And it's like a good way for him to make up for some of the problems he has at the same time it gives him some issues with timing that's why i think in the one to ten yard area especially like when they're running like hardline quick game stuff he can be a little 
off because he, he'll hmm. be like a half beat late because he has to reset his feet from what a normal quarterback should be doing because he's playing in such a distinct way. And I think that's either something that he's going to have to change in the NFL or just get really, 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 really good at the way that he does it. And I think both of those are going to be really hard needles to thread. Um, so that's going to be tough. But well, to your point on the, on the outside the pocket stuff, he is very, very good at that. Like he's, it's not even just that he's comfortable throwing on the move and like accurate. He just has a vision that other guys in this class just didn't have. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. You know, I think he's very creative outside of the pocket. And, um, and again, I, but isn't that a, pro- a little bit of a problem, Derek? You know it what is. I'm saying? Like, yes. because I get that he's really creative outside the pocket, but when you're 5'10", 195, you yes. don't want to be out of the pocket too yes. often. You and, know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, my other thing is like, so Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray were obviously like this, right? The yeah. difference is those guys have A-plus arms and were really, really good athletes, especially in the case of Kyler Murray, where he can like be a legitimate part of your running game. Bryce Young is like a nice scrambler, and his arm is nice, but he j- the tools just aren't the same as those guys. And like that's where my concern comes in. It's like when you play that style and then move to the NFL and your tools are more like B-minus instead of A-plus, that's where it starts to be like, okay, maybe this might not be as, as good as we think it is. Well, I tell you what, he he's if it's going to get done, it's going to get done in Carolina because Frank Reich, I mm-hmm. think, is a brilliant quarterback's coach, right? So you you know Frank is going to get the best out of him. My concern, though, is who is he throwing to year one, right? So they add Adam Thielen and DJ Chark in free agency. Thielen's 32 years old. You know, it's like he's definitely seen his better days uh, behind him. DJ Chark is a relatively one-dimensional downfield guy. They draft Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss uh, in the second round. I think Matt, you know, he's again, this is more of a he's not a plug and play guy. He's not out of the box and just, you know, you could throw him out there. He's got to develop a little bit as well. Terrace Marshall is a former second round pick as well. But again, I, I think his reception perception data is is really murky. Um, and so we don't know what he's going to be. I just. It's not a great landing spot uh, for Bryce Young when we're talking about talent surrounding him. Yeah, in terms of the skill players, it's not great. I guess the hope is that Thielen can just like fully convert to being a slot guy and he can be a really like good savvy veteran type. But even then, like he's 32 and he clearly had lost a lot of his juice, especially last year, but even kind of the year before that. Um, And then to your point, like Chark is very like. It's really good if you need a vertical guy on the boundary who can like be a jump ball winner. If you ask him to do anything else, it, it it's a it's a bit of a struggle. Uh, and I say that as someone who likes DJ Chark, but like that that's kind of all you're getting from him. <laughs> okay. And then to your point, like yeah, Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo actually really reminds me of like what Justin Watson is in Kansas City. And obviously, mm. you hope he's like kind of a better version of that. Okay. But even that is like he's not going to be a huge part of the offense. I think early on. So yeah, in terms right. of the skill players, I think it's not great. The glimmer of hope I have there is that relative to Alabama standards it's not like their receivers were very good last year anyway and I think he kind of helped make up for that um what I do think the situation is kind of good for him in the sense is I think it was really more important for him to have a good offensive line because we've talked about he's kind of can be uncomfortable in the pocket you need to do everything you can to help him stay in there as long as he can make him feel comfortable I do think their offensive line is like above average and then you add that on top of the fact that Frank Reich generally does a good job to keep guys. Um, he, he does a good job to like set protection plans, keep the offense interesting, give the quarterback easy ways to get the ball out. 
that I do think can help Bryce Young. But yeah, to your point, I don't think there's going to be like an easy button receiver in this offense for him. And that, no. that could be a little bit of an issue early on. I mean, it might be Miles Sanders out of the back. Oh, God. It really might be. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you know, it, they paid this guy decent money in free agency. They lose Deontay Foreman to Chicago. Miles Sanders might be the guy. Uh, that they try to lean on in the in the passing game. That's a problem. They don't have any tight ends. I don't think that that are of note either. So, um, what's the safety blank? Is, is is it Adam Thielen and Miles Sanders? That's boy, I tell you, man, that's that's uh, that's going to be tough. All right, I want to get back to some of the charting here though on Bryce Young very quickly. So you said he's great in the intermediate area of the field. What about deep? What about short? You said short. He he's a little bit off, you know, rhythm just because of the way he drops back. That's a very interesting note, by the way. But what about deep? Um, what, what did you what did you see from him deep from a charting perspective? It was not as good as I was hoping. Um, and I I think like I like I said earlier, I do think a little bit of that is that the receiver talent at Alabama wasn't quite what it had been at certain points. So I do think that played a little bit of a factor. Um, but Bryce Young actually finished, I believe fourth out of the six quarterbacks I charted in terms of 20-plus yard accuracy. Um, only Tanner McKee and Will Levis were worse. And Will Levis, I think you can definitely chalk up to receiver talent being really, really bad. Um, and Tanner McKee, <laughs> right. I think there's part of that too. Um, but like with Bryce Young, to me, I think his arm, I think, gets to the NFL threshold. But I really don't think he has that like true booming arm strength to really push the ball down the field consistently. And I think that definitely hurt him at times, especially like when his platform was a little bit crowded, especially in the pocket. Like if he couldn't step up the way that he wanted to um, or really wasn't able to play with some of the timing that he wanted to, I think his deep ball accuracy really started to fall off. He doesn't have that arm talent where you can kind of just make up for all the things that are going wrong, like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert or something like that. So right. I think that's going to be a little bit of an issue for him. So I think that was also kind of my concern where like, if you're this guy who plays always to have the flash plays, but you don't really have the arm to consistently push the ball downfield at that level. Again, it's just like his profile starts to get really, really weird. You know, the thing about him that um, I couldn't, make heads or tails of is again, I think out of the pocket, super creative, great vision, and he can toss it downfield. I think when he sets his feet, what he does different, um, that he doesn't do, uh, we're really nitpicking here, but that's okay. Um, what he doesn't do that I think other guys with big arms are able to do like, for example, this is a great example for like Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, as you mentioned, but Justin Herbert, especially when he gets out of the pocket, He's able to then set his feet very quickly and f and just, I mean, fire one, right? So every area of the field is still open when he's still out of the pocket. Now, not a lot of guys can do that, but that's why Justin Herbert, I think, is special, right? Bryce Young, again, for a guy who's very creative getting outside of the pocket, I never really see him then reset his feet. He throws off platform and then, you know, again, relies on his creativity, his accuracy, and his arm strength, his natural arm strength. Uh, to kind of carry him there. But again, I don't think he can get it, you know, 30 yards downfield just based off of just arm talent. He's he, it's not like he's Jay Cutler or something, you know, that's just like throwing off platform with just rockets down the middle. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I mean, he kind of tries to play like he's in the Mahomes thing where like Mahomes doesn't, I mean, Mahomes can set his feet outside the pocket and stuff and he does, right? but he doesn't need to because he has the second best arm in the league, probably behind Josh Allen. Uh, Bryce Young just doesn't have that caliber of arm. And I do think it is a little bit concerning that he doesn't have that 
ability to get outside the pocket and then, like you said, stop his feet and drive the ball 30 yards down the field. I mean, Justin uh-huh. Herbert is really the perfect example because he does this all the time. He does it like four or five times a game if you let him, um, <laughs> right. where he can just get outside the pocket, right. whether it's designed or not, and just stop his feet in two steps because he's so explosive. I think that really helps too. Like Bryce Young doesn't have – he's like kind of twitchy, but there's a there's a different level of explosiveness when you're a big guy. And I think that helps these quarterbacks like a Josh Allen, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Justin Herbert, where they can right. just stop everything, boom, and just like rip it. Bryce Young doesn't quite have that. He's always going to be this guy who I think is doing creative kind of like weird stuff within the like 15-yard mark is like where it yeah. starts to be like, that's right. where his range is, I think. Well, I too, and again, this goes back to his happy feet in the pocket too, but it's like mm-hmm. if he were to do that, set his feet and throw, like he is opening himself up to getting hit, you know? So, yeah. uh, which by the way, Justin Herbert's like fine with for whatever reason. <laughs> He's like, yeah, go ahead and hit me. I'm just going to go ahead and launch this thing, you know? Uh, but no, if you're Bryce Young and, you know, sub 200, it's like you can't take too many of those shots, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I do understand that part of it um, as well. All right, but... Let me get back to his current situation there in Carolina very quickly, uh, DK. So uh, he's got these guys, you know, doesn't have a, like a real reliable pass catcher there. You look at the talent level, you look at um, the depth chart there in Carolina, and then can you kind of sort of mash up or, or match up what Bryce Young does well with that, uh, with that roster and, and kind of maybe project what you kind of see in his rookie season? I think the biggest issue that they're going to have is they just don't have a guy – who can separate one-on-one consistently. Like no. like we said, DJ Chart kind of has a role. I think Thielen, even as maybe like a slot zone beater, could have a role. Mingo kind of has a role. But none of them are like that Stefan Diggs, or even like in this year's class, like a Zay Flowers, where it's like he can just go beat a guy one-on-one. Yep. I think Bryce probably would have really helped to have a guy like that. And the fact that they don't have that, I think, hurts. So I think they're in a weird position where like I kind of like a lot of things that they have in the sense that the receivers aren't great, but they fit roles. And I love Frank Reich and the offensive line is really good. And I think Bryce Young does some stuff well, but none of it really fits the way that you think it should. So I'm really, really curious to see what the offense actually looks like. This to me, when you look at Carolina's build is the exact kind of build that leads to disaster. <laughs> it might. Yeah. They, they, they don't have, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of great playmakers. I, as a matter of fact, you could argue they don't have a single one. You could say that they don't have a single, like, legitimate big play, big boy playmaker. And, and I don't, I don't see one uh, on the roster. You say the O line is good. I think potentially it's a mess. Uh, I think it's it's got ingredients to be good, uh, but will they be good? I'm not sure. Um, again, I don't see any like big time, big names on that O line. I think they just get by with chemistry. Um, I think uh, you know they suffered one big. Uh, is it Austin uh, Corbett? I think uh, got banged up, right? So yeah, what's his what's his return going to look like? Um, is he going to be ready when the season starts? Uh, again, the O line I think is going to take a step back this year. Uh, uh, this is a real weird mashup. Uh, of talent and that, and you hit it right on the head, man. And when I, when you see teams like this in the NFL, generally they're a mess. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm curious to see what Carolina is going to do, but I, I don't have a lot of hopes, uh, for Carolina, at least this year. Um, is this the guy Bryce young? Is he a talent elevator? Could be, 
<laughs> could be maybe but he's got to be literally the the smallest quarterback ever he's got to be making history uh for him to be a talent elevator there in carolina too so i don't know man i'm, I'm a little bit worried uh if you're a carolina panthers fan i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. CJ Stroud, this is the guy that I thought the Carolina probably should have taken. At 1.1. I thought his skill set meshed perfectly with what Frank Reich wants to get done. Big pocket passer, uh, has a has a big arm. Um, but no, he goes two overall to the Houston Texans, who, by the way, we talk about the pass catchers in Carolina. It's not any better, okay, in Houston, right? Like they've got Nico Collins, who's an established guy. Matt's got a, a weird affinity for him, but even Matt would tell you. Nico Collins is not your, uh, you, you know, a, a, a good starting number one wide receiver uh, in the NFL. Uh, they add Robert Woods, who's 31 years old. You know, looked ineffective last year. Is coming off of a 2021 ACL. What is? I mean, you know, where's he at health wise? They get John Mechie back. I, who knows what that's looking like? You know, this is a guy that's coming off of leukemia, also an ACL tear a couple years back. And then they spend a third-round pick on Tank Dell. Uh, they do pick up Dalton Schultz in free agency as well uh, to be a little bit of a pass catcher uh, in that offense. But, uh, Derek, tell me what, what you saw from C.J. Stroud. What is he strengths and weaknesses uh, from the former Ohio State alum? Just on film, he was my quarterback one. Um, and it was really from the point of, like, it was really hard to – poke holes in his game like I, I, the obvious one is that he played for Ohio State that offense doesn't have the greatest track record and it does do some things that help streamline things for the quarterback in a way right. that they're just not going to get in the NFL and I do think that is a little bit concerning and is kind of why I didn't really put him in that elite tier of quarterback prospect he was more like very very good because that level of projection just makes it really tough but in terms of all the stuff that you could see I mean he was just electric like I think he got Better at managing the pocket over his two years uh, at Ohio State. I think he got better at making plays outside the pocket over his two years at Ohio State. Because, you know, obviously everyone brings up uh, the Georgia game at the end of the year. Even before that, the Michigan game, I thought he played really well. And then even over like the second half of last year, really, as a whole, right. he had done a lot better job of creating, getting outside the pocket, knowing he's got to do something, use his legs. And I thought that was like a cool degree of maturity. Because I think to me, when you see guys clearly develop something in college, 
Um, like Lamar Jackson is always the one I go back to where he's so clearly got better his last year in college as like a pro style passer yeah. for Stroud to have some of that, I think was really encouraging. And it says to me, okay, he can keep getting better, which I think is, that is a skill. And I think it's really important for these oh, younger yeah. guys. So, um, all of that on top of, in terms of the accuracy, and we'll, we'll dive into the charting a little bit more in a second. It's just not even close. Like it just, he was the best and it wasn't even close. Every area of the field, <laughs> every kind of throw okay. didn't matter. He was just fantastic. So, to me, he was just a guy where, other than some of the Ohio State questions, he was just a guy who was really hard to poke holes in his game. I kind of think he brought at least check the box in everything and then was really, really, really good at a lot of stuff. Ohio State's not Tennessee. <laughs> you know, it's it's not, not that bad, yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not full on, you know, Art Briles. It's not full on, you know, Sonny Dykes, okay, but... Uh, but it, it certainly it certainly has a lot of those elements in it, um, and and quarterback reads are generally easier. It you you know a lot of this is a lot of college offenses where you only make two reads, maybe one. You know if one guy's if this guy's lined up this way, then you throw it this way, right? So um, you know so there is some of that. But I just thought I'm with you, man. Like just from like a tool standpoint, from what we saw vertically, I, I mean, again, when you're trying to chase that upside. I started the show by saying the money is made in the intermediate area of the field, but the special guys make plays downfield, right? And to me, that's what CJ Stroud can do. This is a guy that can absolutely launch it downfield and make plays. Now, again, you talked about the wide receivers at Alabama not being so great. The wide receivers at Ohio State, my man, they were pretty good. fantastic you know especially so, the year before especially yes. in 2021 <laughs> uh, but you know again uh, the, there's some there's some special stuff going on there um you know especially early part of the season when everybody was healthy uh with ohio state but man yeah he obviously had some booms here um with marvin harris jr and all that stuff but whatever regardless what does the charting data tell you about cj stroud where does he you know where is he strong and where does he need improvement so in terms of where he's strong, it's uh, almost everywhere. <laughs> um, in, in terms of just like the yardage okay. ranges, um, he was almost first in terms of that one to five yard area. I do think he's a really good quick game passer. And I think that helps him. That helps set the floor for an offense. And I do think it's important. Um, so I think he's going to be really good there. In terms of the 11 to 15 yard area that we talked about with Bryce Young, he was less than 1% off of Bryce Young, who led the class. Mm. So, like, it was very, very close at the top with those guys, okay. um, which, like, that could really be, like, literally two or three throws. Like, like it was that close. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of down the field, you nailed it. He had 58% accuracy for me on 20-plus yard throws, which was comfortably the best in the class. Him and Anthony Richardson were kind of, like, in a in a tier of their own in terms of vertical passing. Interesting, and, um, okay. Which we'll get to, like, that yeah. potential, like you said. I'm interested, yeah. Being able to throw down the field like that. And for, for Stroud, it's not just that he has the arm strength. I think his arm is, like, pretty good and not elite, but he has enough velocity on top of the touch is just, like... Yeah, the way balls. he puts it in a guy's bread basket is is unbelievable. And like those guys do get open, and it helps. But even when they're not open, he was doing such a fantastic job. And that kind of goes to my next point, where I think part of the the issue that people have when they're watching the Ohio State offense is they think, oh, these guys are open all the time, blah blah blah. And that's kind of yeah. true. C.J. Stroud did have one of the lower tight window target rates in this class for me. Okay, but in terms of accuracy throwing into tight windows. He was the best by over 4%. 
Interesting. Uh, he just was unbelievable at throwing into tight windows, um, really at every level of the field. He just has that. It's not just that he has the talent to guide the ball where it needs to be. He has a great understanding of like defender leverage or when guys are breaking, all of that sort of stuff. Like, oh, if a safety is driving down on a route, I'm going to leave this a little bit lower, knowing that my guy can kind of get down and shield the ball. Uh, just stuff like that, where he just has a very mature understanding of where the ball needs to be relative right. to what's going on around the field instead of, oh, this is how you throw a crosser every single time. Like the decent guys can throw it like that and be accurate. The great ones have an unbelievable understanding of where the ball needs to be on sure. every individual play. And Stroud has that. And that's why I think he's just fantastic. I'm really excited for what he can do in Houston. I, I'm with you. I, I was surprised, like I said, that he did not go one overall. Um, and then in and, and free agency, look, they didn't do much to help him from the wide receiver room. But I thought Dalton Schultz is a pretty little under-the-radar crafty addition there for Houston. And then remember, too, they added Shaq Mason along that O-line to go along with Laramie Tunsil. Um, whereas I think Carolina's offensive line is going to take a step back. I think Houston's offensive line is going to take a step forward. Obviously they've got the coaching change there as well. So that's a big X factor. We don't know what that's going to look like. Um, you know, when push comes to shove, when rubber meets the road there in Houston, what is that actually going to be? I don't know. We're, we're all very hopeful, but we're always really hopeful about new head coaches. You know what I'm saying? So we don't quite know yet. Um, but, and again, they add Devin Singletary too in the running back room to go along with Damian Pierce, by the way, Pierce Singletary to me, that's one of the better one, two running back combos in the NFL. I think, I think Devin Singletary, and I've said this for a long time. I think he's criminally underrated. I think he's a, he's a very good runner. He could run between the tackles. He could run outside the tackles. Um, he's not special in any area, but a good pass catcher as well as Devin Singletary, in my opinion. So when you combine that with Damian Pierce, boy, I tell you, they could get something going in the run game. And I think when you've got somebody like C.J. Stroud, um, I think play action is going to be uh, a, a very important part of his game uh, at the next level. Obviously, he's going to have to figure out the footwork and the timing and all that kind of stuff to do that. Um, but when you got a big pocket passer, Derek, I, I think you know play action can be you know a, a godsend. You know what I'm saying? So... I think they can get that done. Now, they need to add pass catchers. There's no question. Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Tank Dell, that's just, listen, that's that's below average. That is a below average unit uh, in the NFL. So they need to get better there. Uh, but they are, in my opinion, I think they're like one great pass catcher away from pairing with C.J. Stroud to actually make some noise there uh, in the AFC South. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried because of, just in terms of his immediate transition in terms of pass catchers, he's going from like his 2021 <laughs> receiver room was yeah. better than literally most NFL it, receiver rooms. And he's yes. going from that to like this pretty below average Texans room. So yeah. I think between that and just the way the Ohio State offense works, he's going to have kind of a rude awakening in terms of like what is open. Uh, in the curve, NFL, yeah. and I think that's going to take a little bit of adjusting for him. But I do think, to your point about the offensive line, it would be really hard for them to not get better. Because um, obviously they already have Larry Mitunzel, who we know is fantastic, maybe the best tackle in the league. But Kenyon Green is almost certainly going to take a step forward, who they drafted last year. He was not very good as a rookie, but you have to assume he's going to take some level of, of growth. They drafted a new center. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, they brought yep. in Shaq Mason, who is very clearly an upgrade. So 
I think they're definitely they probably did enough to at least get to average. Which yeah. when you're when you have a, a rookie quarterback, having an average offensive line for a rookie quarterback is is a godsend because a lot yeah. of times when you're drafting these guys, you don't have that. You're drafting a guy this high because you suck. And so for them to get there <laughs> is really important. Right. And I think especially for a guy like C.J. Stroud who. Like I said, I think he got better at playing under pressure and creating and stuff. But for a guy who people had questions about that, I think having an offensive line is really important. So the fact that they made those improvements, I I think, helps. So I'm pretty optimistic in the long term for C.J. Stroud. But because of all the pass catcher stuff we brought up, it's probably not going to be too great. as (laughs) There you go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, um, we'll stay in that same division and talk about Anthony Richardson, uh, who went fourth overall to the Colts. I, I thought that was also a little bit of a surprise. I think some folks were a little bit surprised that he went that high. Four overall, good Lord. Uh, but <clears throat> you talk about tools. He, very Obviously, very tools. He's 6'4", 244 pounds. Ran an outrageous four four three forty. How are you are you're a quarterback running a four four three forty at two hundred and forty four pounds? That is, it's just ridiculous. Uh, a forty and a half inch vertical. I, I mean, bro, can Richardson throw to himself? Because I mean, just like the athletic profile of this man is just so impressive. Um, it's unbelievable. Now that being said, obviously accuracy is a huge issue with Anthony Richardson. It was in college. The early reports out of OTAs that are, that's a big concern there as well. 54% completion rate, uh, his final season at Florida career, 54.7% completion rate at Florida. And again, limited playing time, um, as well. We don't know what his ceiling is because he just doesn't have that many games under the belt. Um, what did the charting tell you about Anthony Richardson? Where, where, where does this guy thrive? The charting is interesting because overall his accuracy was not great. It wasn't the worst in the class. Um, at least I don't think it was. Oh no, it was. Okay. Excuse me. It was the worst I was going to say it had, it had to be pretty um, down there though. Yeah. Golly. And the reason, the reason it was so bad is because his one to 10 yard range was horrific. Um, oh, and that's, that, that's for a couple of reasons. The, the biggest reason, I think, is kind of like you alluded to. He just isn't a guy who had very much experience. Um, so he didn't have all the reps that you need, especially they changed the offense going from 
uh, his, I guess it would have been sophomore year to his junior year. So he only really had one year in this offense, immediately inserted as a starter. And it's an offense that didn't really run all of that much quick game. So he's a guy who already had limited experience. And then it's an offense that doesn't rep it that much. And he's a guy who kind of naturally has some accuracy issues. So it was, it was like this really perfect storm of garbage that really just made it difficult for him <laughs> to throw in the one to 10 yard range. Okay. Um, and so I think that's definitely going to be his biggest area improvement in the league is like getting him to play a little bit more on time, be a little bit more accurate in the one to 10 yard area. And like, this is something that Cam Newton struggled with when he was early on, like he wasn't yeah. the greatest one to 10 yard passer, but eventually after three, four, five years, he kind of got it down to the point where he could be average, you know, functional in that range, which unlocked all the other stuff that he did, which to that point, Richardson was actually really, really good past the 10-yard mark. He, he was really good in the 11 to 15-yard area. He was basically as good as C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Like, he, he was right up there. Into, yeah, he was. He was really, really good at throwing, like, those digs, uh, the deep curls that uh, Florida had in their offense, uh, crossers, stuff like that. He wow, was really, nuts. really good at throwing those routes. Um, and then even the 16 to 12-yard range where you're getting a little deeper into – or 16 to 20 where you're getting into, like, corner routes, some of your shorter posts. He was really good at that. And then down the field, the 20 yard, he was really, he was about as good as CJ Stroud. He was, he was the closest guy. Like in terms of all the potential, that is like, really difficult NFL throws. He had a man. It, it's, he really just struggled at the teachable kind of easy stuff, which is, that's to me why I'm kind of encouraged. Whoa. That's uh that, mm-hmm. that's eye opening to me, man. I'm a uh, boy. That's. I was not expecting that. I mean, you're talking about in the intermediate area of the field being as good as two guys that I, I thought were great in their intermediate area of the field in terms of Bryce Young uh, and CJ Stroud. You're saying, Ant- uh, you're telling me Anthony Richardson, all of his accuracy issues and all that kind of, like he's right there with them. Yeah, it, on on those throws that passed that ten yard mark, he was he was right up there, and he was better than Young uh, uh, down the field specifically. Like he. That's why I was pretty willing to be entranced with a guy like Richardson is he did all the difficult NFL, like the throws that separate the competent from the we're winning because of this guy type of throws. And that's why I was like, okay, if he can already do that stuff. I think we can teach him to be a little bit more on time throwing a speed out or a slant or something like that. Like, I think we can kind of, we can figure that out where we can just supplement it by using him as a runner. And like, that can be our quick game in a sense. Like, I think there are ways to work around what he does in terms of struggling in the one to 10 yard area. Whereas it's really, really difficult to teach a guy to have the talent and accuracy that he does on the hard throws. And so that's why I'm pretty bought in. Yeah. Like, it's just, you either have that or you don't. You do, exactly. When, when has that ever been taught? When, when have you ever seen a guy develop downfield? It, it just, no, that never happens. I'm, I'm, my mind is blown, bro. <laughs> it really is. Um, and, and like to kind of further that point, and this is not really so much with the charting numbers, but when I was watching Richardson, there is more like tangible NFL ability and processing than I think people gave him credit for. And I think that's why he was able to throw these routes so well. I think people kind of immediately saw the completion percentage and were like, oh, he's a huge project like Josh Allen. We're going to have to completely tear him down and he's going to be this. It's going to take three years for him to get there, all that stuff. But you watch him and it's like, man, the way he manages the pocket, the way he plays with his eyes up, he generally does a good job of getting through his reads without making mistakes. He can be a tick 
slow at times. But that to me was like, yeah, he's a 20 year old who has one year in the offense. Like that, <laughs> that is more like, I assume if he played two more years, it would have not been an issue. Okay. Um, yeah. And right. so he just did these things at, at a high level where it's like, I can see you doing what an NFL quarterback should be doing. We just need to like tighten some bolts. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like a complete teardown project like Josh Allen was, or even like Jordan Love coming out of Utah State. Like right. those were guys to me where it's like, you have to break them and make them a different quarterback. That's to me, it's more like Anthony Richardson has the stuff. We just have to get him a little bit more consistent, get him a little bit better, tighten some of these bolts. It is certainly one of the most athletic offenses in the NFL. You talk about Anthony Richardson, potentially one of the most um, explosive quarterback athletes we've ever seen in the NFL. You, you talk about Jonathan Taylor, 225 pounds, ran a 43940. Uh, Michael Pittman, 6'4. Alex Pierce is 6'3. And he ran a 4'4'1 with a 40 and a half inch vertical as well. They've got Jelani Woods at tight end, they've got Mo Alley Cox. At tight end. Both of these guys are behemoth. Jelani Woods is 6'7, 260 pounds, man. This is, is this a basketball team or is this a football team? Like, good Lord. Uh, these are big, hulking men out there um, roaming the field there for Indianapolis. Then they add uh, little Josh Downs. <laughs> He's going he's gonna to look like an absolute midget on, on that offense, but Josh Downs is perfect, perfect. Uh, for the slot on that offense, man. So no, I, I mean, I just think from and from an offensive build standpoint, uh, the Colts are just so exciting, man. They're so exciting from an offensive build. And, and again, by the way, I know their offensive line took a big step back last year, but you know, they, they again, they have the ingredients there to be a, a at least an a, above average offensive line in the NFL. So I'm really interested. Um, can Shane Steichen do it? I don't know. I'll ask you this, man. Like, I don't know. I have never been enamored with Shane Steichen, um, was surprised that the Colts went in this direction. And then on top of that, you pair Shane Steichen, who I think is pretty conservative, uh, from a play calling standpoint to then pairing him with Anthony Richardson, who you said, horrific in the short game well that's what Shane uh, Shane Steichen does a lot of short game time stuff you know what I'm saying like I, I guess I'm a little bit maybe I'm wrong I don't know uh, but I thought it was a weird pairing yeah I I think they're gonna have to change the offense a little bit um and really lean into what they do down the field especially because like I really think the Cam Newton model is what you should be trying to do with Anthony 100 because like when when that Panthers offense was at its best, Cam Newton had gotten okay at quick game by that point, but they supplemented it by doing a lot more quarterback run game and really leaning into the run game overall, which I think the Colts should do. Because like you said, offensive line was bad last year, but it probably will be better. Like Raymond's going to take a step forward. I think Quentin Nelson will probably look healthier than he did last year. Yep. Ryan Kelly will probably be better. Like I think all of that stuff will help, but they really need to lean into the fact that they have big guys who can win down the field and, and like win jump balls. And I think Richardson is a quarterback who is very, very willing to give his guys chances on those throws. And we just didn't see it turn into production at Florida because I really think Florida's, in terms of power five receivers, they were probably some of the worst I've ever seen at playing the ball in the air. <laughs> they could do a decent job at like getting open and okay. like after yeah. the catch and all that stuff. Uh -huh. But playing the ball in the air, my God, they were horrible. But I think that's not going to be a problem in Indianapolis. Like we know no. Pittman can play the ball in the air. Pierce can play the ball in the air. 100%. Jelani Woods is the size of a skyscraper and he's probably going to be able to do it. Even Josh Downs, who isn't big, 
for a guy his size is actually really good at playing the ball in the air. Right, so yes. I think the, they're going to have like a good opportunity to really right. just push it and try to win that way and try to get chunk plays and stuff. And so they're definitely going to have to change the offense a little bit and adapt to that. But I feel good about the talent that they have potentially being Same. able to fit into that. It's just a matter of whether Steichen can make it work. Hey, listen, um, can you let, let the folks in on uh, on your schedule a little bit? How far along are we? Uh, how far away are we from getting some NFL data uh, to the reception perception site? I'm thinking in the next couple of weeks here, I'm actually, we so we're obviously doing this in, you know, uh, tiers or, or groups or, or however you want to do it. Um, but I've gotten through, I'm almost done with my seventh quarterback, which will be Trevor Lawrence. And that will kind of be the group, basically Trevor Lawrence up to the rest of the elite guys is kind of where I, where I started with this. So I'll have those guys done. In terms of charting, I'll have them done today or tomorrow. Okay. Uh, you know, well, I guess it depends on when this, this podcast actually comes out, but this week. <laughs> yes. And then I'll compile all that data. And then probably the week after that, we'll, we'll be ready to get some profiles up and have some Let's data go. ready. And it'll be the first, you know, dive into some stuff. And then, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, what, the, see what the data says. I love it, man. All right. Derek Klassen. Uh, making his first appearance on the Reception Perception podcast, but certainly will not be his last. Uh, you will find his work on the website, receptionperception.com. Uh, be sure to follow uh, Derek Klassen on Twitter, QB Class with a K, K-L-A-S-S. I think that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, there you go. Uh, QB Class on Twitter. Be sure to follow him there. Um, and again, if, you, if it's the first time uh, that you've run to our podcast, we appreciate you listening, man, but we would very much appreciate a a subscription and a rating on wherever you get your podcast but of course go to the website receptionperception.com for Derek class and i am james go we'll see you